really looking forward to hearing more about that from you because I feel like if you can discover that purpose and have a purpose-driven life, that's yeah. what it's all about. So I really look forward to hearing more about what you have to offer there because that's important work. Try this bad boy emphasize. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone. A certain age is not criteria and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Two's down in Sydney. Wow, that sounds amazing because we're in the 30s in Salt Lake City, <laughs> Utah. So <laughs> a very different, different vibe. So very that cool. means you're contending with what? Oh, you know, we haven't had a lot of snow these past few years, which is concerning because a lot of people come here from around the world to ski. Yeah. And because we have the Great Salt Lake, it creates really fluffy, wonderful snow. And that has been a bit of an issue these last few years. So it's been really cold, but not a lot of snow. Uh, Wow. You know what? I really love flying in to your airport there. It is the most magical place to fly into. I've never actually been there except at the airport. But Mm. what a fascinating place. Have you been there all your life? I have. Yes. I grew up in Utah. Uh, Travel is one of my favorite things. So I'm actually planning to come to Australia not this summer, but the following summer, I'm hoping it opens up enough that we can come, you know, that yeah, that's I even hope an that too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So born and raised and, but I love to get out. Good. Love it. So before this whole thing where, you know, we weren't able to escape our country, uh, no, not quite that bad right now, but you know, we were literally nomadic as a family. So we traveled the world almost officially four years, but we were doing it a lot before it anyway. And that just meant that we worked on the road, took our family, and uh, we got to, you know, have our offices in amazing places across the globe. What's one of your favorite places? Well, my family has a condo that's been in our family since the 70s that we've mm. got been to for years and years and it's a place called Manzanillo it's a tiny little rich retiree town really my grandparents found it when they drove from Utah down to Mexico and brought back a donkey mm. and so that place in Mexico has just been really close yeah. to our heart yeah we're actually taking our kids for the first time in April so none of our kids have seen it but we're going back and we're going to take them and spend some time there we have a condo that's in our family there so we're really looking forward to that wow I love that and by the way I'm so excited that you're on the decision table like honestly we your topic the thing that you live for smell for do your whole life around is so important to me because I'm a mama bear and you know I'm I'm a mama of six kids and I I think you know just what you were saying there one of the things that I love is that we get to not just have kids but to do life together and experience and to take them through things that are going to either help make them be the person they are tomorrow, but also like just to be who they're meant to be today. So welcome to the decision table. And Thank you. by the way, there is no judgment to any way that you answer. This is literally just about you and I getting to know each other, having a conversation. And, you know, one of the things that I've always felt is so important is that we can have conversations with so many different people across the globe and realize that there's always something we can take from it. There's always something we can learn. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what I get to learn from our conversation. Me too. Thank you. Mm. So going back to that, going back to family, why is it so important to be talking about that for you? Yeah. You know, I grew up in a family that was very supportive and very family oriented. We traveled and learned. I grew up with educators as parents. And so that's a tradition in our family that's gone back many generations. And I feel like now more than ever, our kids need traditions within the home that help them to feel stable in their identity, as well as what they can develop individually going forward to create their own families. So everything that I do 
where I supporting mothers and helping them feel connected and fathers with their kids. It's always been about creating moments that matter. That's a a motto of mine is moments that matter, creating moments that matter. And so that has always been a driving force to me is that when I think about my dreams and my goals, my goals help me to get to my dream ultimately. And what my dream is, is to have a relationship like my parents and I have where I still want to come around and hang out with them because I truly enjoy who they are. And I know it's a judgment free zone and that I can be who I am unapologetically. Mm, I love that. I really do. And I think something that, that makes me question what you're saying is traditions. When does tradition become a good thing, a healthy thing? And when does it kind of make us get stuck in old things that keep Mm. us from moving forward? Any thoughts around that? Yeah. And to me, I think tradition, there's a lot of things that we do differently than my parents did. I think the tradition Mm. I want to continue is more the relationship, more than like the specific things. Because I think if you get too tied up in, it has to look this certain way, or it has to be this certain step-by-step process. you can get lost in that, especially if you're trying to document it or make it exactly how grandma so-and-so would have had, or, you know, just getting stuck in that because life's different now. We can't, we don't have the same, I guess, hours that our grandparents did or their parents did. And so we have to think of it more in my mind of a tradition of creating bonds, you know, that relationship. And what does that look like for you? Mm. Tell me more about the hours. Why do we not have more? What what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Man, I think, you know, if, if there was ever a time that really put it into focus for us all recently, it was the, with the pandemic. Mm. I feel like we were given so much time. And for m- many of us, we were looking around thinking, my goodness, we have all these hours. What are we going to do with it? And it felt a little bit strange because we were given so many hours at home, but I think it really helped us to evaluate what we are doing with our time. And now it was interesting. I was talking with a friend just the other day and she said, you know, we all went through this period of time where we were expected to do so much at home. And now we're expected to catch up with what we got behind on and then be in front of where we were. And so there's just a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure with time and Mm. what we're doing with it and how we measure up as far as, you know, kids in school or activities or social commitments. And so I think we're now as a, as an entire world, reevaluating our time and what does that look like and how are we going to make it matter? Yeah, that that brings up so many interesting concepts to me around where the world is at and what is expected of us, maybe as parents, and then actually what does that really look like in the day-to-day? And I think that gap between those two things can be quite wide right now Mm -hmm. because, you know, as you said, like when the pandemic hit, there was a real change and shift in how we did life. It's funny to hear you say there was more time. I felt there was less time. Right. (laughs) And I was like hearing all these people going, there's more time. And I'm like, where is it? Give it to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd love to know where that time is. Because actually what I found was because of what was needed by clients and community and friends and children, there was a more demand, even more on my time. And so where there was meant to have more time, I felt there was less time. And that was kind of crazy at the time. Now, I think what was awesome about it and something that you just spoke about there was how are we going to use that time? What are we, how do we need to do that more effectively? What can we do? And I, I'd love to kind of dive into that. What was that like for you? How did you see, you know, what was happening and you go, this is what I did? Because I think sometimes we can go, this is what we're seeing as a bigger picture. And we have to go back to going, what did it bring up for you? How did that look like for you? Yeah, I love that question because I feel like it caused re like, okay, I will say, it really allowed a lot of people to live the way that I've been living for a really long time. Cause I work as a stay at home mom with my kids. And so it right. did make it more difficult with having to do schooling at home for sure. 
but a lot of it felt really similar to me because I am at home and I am working and I have kids at home. And so for me, it was a little bit like, especially with some of the men in my life that don't get it. They're like, oh my gosh, I never realized how hard this is having to multitask and get like house things done and work stuff done and the kids. And, you know, yes. Yeah. I mean, taking away obviously the unknowns and the fear and that whole bundle of mental stress, which took a mm. huge toll on my family. Absolutely. I feel like it really opened up a lot of eyes to the realities of the stay at home parent and the working stay at home parent and what that looks like. So for me, it was probably less of a change than for maybe those who were working outside of the home. But I think it became one of those things where I really had to juggle with my husband, Mm -hmm. what it looks like to give him the space he was used to, and then taking on that extra burden of now the kids all being home and all of their to do's that typically are done at school. So I think it it's a lot about time blocking for me and creating space where you try as best you can to keep a rhythm in the home, but it was hard. It was hard to Mm -hmm. keep everyone on the same page all of the time, but I don't know. I don't know if I just answered your question, but. No, that's great. (laughs) Here's the thing. Like what was one of the hardest things that you found? Like I'm trying to think what was my hardest thing that I found at the time? Cause I kind of relate to you. Mm -hmm. I relate to, like I said before, we were nomadic, we were on the road. So we Mm -hmm. were together as a family. We were doing um, different types of changes of schooling over that time. At one point it was sort of homeschooling kind of concept and then it was more online and then we went back to other sort of ways and then when the pandemic hit, it was back online because, of course, everyone was on lockdown here. And so it wasn't that different for us. The the difference was it was actually easier because we were sort of stuck in our environment. We were moving from place to place. So in some ways it became a bit easier in that way and our children just kicked into it. I think one of, if I think about what was one of the trickiest pieces of, you know, kind of functioning as a home, as a family and in the workspace at the same time was the fact that we didn't have new and adventures happening. We weren't being stimulated maybe. We weren't mm. being, you know, you talked about something that's so important in my world and that is about, for me, curating moments. And it was I really struggled at that time to curate moments that kind of inspired me, motivated me to get back up again, to do the hard work that sometimes we all face. And I'm not really good at being a 24-hour workaholic. I really, that's just not me. And I work really hard when there's nothing else around to do if that Mm, makes sense. mm -hmm. And so for me, those boundaries and then curating those moments, I really felt quite isolated in that way from some of the things that I, I loved and it inspired me to write differently or to speak about topics that I was seeing on the ground when working with leaders on the, you know, in their environment. So I don't know. What about you? What was it like for you? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that it brought out for me personally was looking at the importance of mental health yeah. in as well as how that links to your physical health. Because it became a thing where because I was so isolated and we were trying to find ways to get out and to move our bodies. My children especially are really affected by screens and lack of activity. And if those two are in combo for any of us in the family, I felt like mental health suffered. And so in my family, we have five pillars of mental health that we try to keep in, in contact with. And my my son that we, I think we came up with this when he was only six or seven, but it was communication, Mm. less screen time, activity, sleep, and good food. And so those are five easy things that if he was starting to be grumpy or anyone in our house for that matter, that we went through those five. And I think that's a checklist that would apply to any of us. And I feel like that was something where in social media, especially for adults Mm -hmm. and where I am a creator 
with my blog, with social media, podcasting, TikTok, all of the things, I had to be really careful about what I was doing to protect my mental health for all of the negative Mm. media that was coming in. And also my content creation on the flip side, because it's easy to get overwhelmed when that's your workspace too. And so you kind of have to create this, you know, time limits within your phone that say, okay, it's been an hour time to move on or whatever that case may be. But for me, it was really about keeping those pillars in check and checking in with my family and myself and not forgetting, letting myself fall by the wayside of, you know, always attending to them. Yeah. I love that. And I love the fact that you're so creative as well. It's, it's a big, big part of who I am and always have been. And uh, how do you, how did you stay inspired though and motivated or come up with things so that you weren't sort of focusing in on the problems that you were seeing or the chaos that was going on around you or the things that were happening on social media, but that you were, you know, continuing to write things that are really important to you and know that that will not just inspire you to keep going forward, but others as well. Like, where did you, where did you pull from that? Like, where did that come from? Yeah. I love that question because I think this can be different for everyone, but I have a joy list that helps me to feel revived when I'm feeling down in the dumps a bit. I love that. Yeah. So for me, a lot of it is connecting with God. I like to connect with Mm -hmm. the higher power meditation and prayer, but I also love audiobooks. I feel like if there's something, if my hands are busy, it's, I can kind of escape a little bit in the mind. But a a habit that I got into and I hadn't before the pandemic was listening to audiobooks as I fall asleep, (laughs) which can seem kind of weird. But I find sometimes, especially I had a a course that I was launching. It was called 60 Days to VA. I teach women how to build virtual assistant businesses from scratch. And Mm. it was my first time launching this course. And I would find myself trying to sleep at night, but my mind was really busy about what to do tomorrow or the what ifs or you know, whatever the case might be. And I found if I listened to books on audio, as I was falling asleep, I would set a timer and then I could allow myself to escape into most of the time. I love self-help books, but I also love documentary type audio biography Mm -hmm. books. So one of my favorite was Matthew McConaughey's green lights or green lights. Yes. yes, Or think like a monk by Jay Shetty. Mm -hmm. I love that book. Or I don't know. So those are just a few of, of the examples. I have I have a lot. I have a whole list. So if anyone wants to know, please let me know. <laughs> I want to know more of those. So yeah. I'd love to see that list. Yes, I will share. But that just really helped me mentally after yeah. the day was done to kind of go into a little dreamland and mm-hmm. have positive thoughts flowing in my mind and not have it be just the to-dos or the worries for the next day. I love that. Yeah, and I think that's so important to find those things that give us joy, mm-hmm. create, refuel our tank. You know, one of the things that I learned last year was I, I've got pretty much a big tank to give out from, and I was doing that a lot last year. By the end of the year, though, that tank became pretty empty. Mm-hmm. And what I realized over January was I needed to expand that tank so that I had more to overflow from for this year to play a bigger level. And I had to find ways in which to refuel that. So curating those moments again. When I was on the road, I would take photos and I would literally try to capture that moment so that I could visually go back to that picture and go, Mm. what was I doing at that moment? I took that photo. What was I seeing? And so I kind of got back into taking a few photos around a bit more. And then it was like, I love water and I love hanging with my kids. And so we spent a lot of time in the pool, in the sun, Mm. in just soaking up some, some rays and some water and just fun times and having conversations that we would have done a lot around tables at cafes or restaurants while we were waiting for food when we were traveling the world. And those things were refueling me because, again, going back to what you said earlier, it helps to build a relationship with my children who I just love and adore, but it also 
puts us back on the same page. I'm listening to where they're at. They're hanging out with me. They're understanding me. And it's been so powerful watching over this last month just the conversations that I'm having with my children. And I just love the fact because my youngest now, the girls, uh, what are they? They're 12 and 13. And so they're heading very much into this sort of teenage years. And I love the fact they just can have conversations with me about anything. All my boys, by the way, that are the older ones, they're the same. They've been able to have these conversations with me all throughout the years they've grown up and one of them's like 32 or something now. So, you know, I've been around this mama patch a little while now. But <laughs> I, those things really refuel me. And the other thing is experiencing environments. So as you see behind me and for those that are listening to the po podcast when it gets put up as a podcast, you know, there's actually behind me this beautiful dam where, you know, we see what they call lace monitors coming out of it. So they're like those big, large lizards that come out, look wow. like dinosaurs. You get to see amazing birds. There's just this beautiful greenery. For me, when I'm on screen looking at you and having this conversation, I can also see that behind me. And that really fuels me because I'm, I, I love to see the amazingness and it's funny because you said one of the drivers that keep you going and fill you with joy is your faith and and the fact that you have a relationship with God well for me that's exactly the same thing and so the reminder behind me is the mastery of of something that is much bigger than me and I think if we can find those things that fuel us give us that joy, we can give out of so much more. Tell me how, and I think what I love about this conversation we're having is something that's really important to me and I talk about a lot is that we shouldn't be building out just businesses or homes. We should be building out our ecosystem. And for me, part of that is what I'm listening when I'm having this conversation with you is that you're talking about things like a faith, things like business, things like home. Those things are not one minute you put your hat on and then you do this. This is part of your ecosystem. How do you make sure that you keep building out the business the way that you're meant to do, but knowing that it's your purpose, true to your faith? How do you make sure those things stay aligned, I guess? Yeah, this is, and this is the question, right? I feel like for me, it's always been that I have to stay in tune with my gut and that I have to really listen to the needs around me. And so that whole juggling ball scenario where some are glass and some are rubber and you have to take turns knowing which one of those are, you know, a family ball that can bounce and it's okay if you let things go. And sometimes they're glass and you have to hold those so, so close and tender. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's been a lot about communication with my kids and with my spouse and having those hard conversations. And hopefully they're happening often enough that they are not hard, but to have open communication about what they really need and what they really want. And so that I can keep my goals in alignment with yeah. that. Yeah. So I love that you talked about the conversations that you have with your kids and that you have such a close relationship with them now, even in their thirties. Cause I think you are winning. Like that is amazing to me. My oldest right now is 13, almost 14. Mm. And he, he's still telling me everything ish mostly. And I've even had girlfriends who have said, how do you have your teenager telling you so much stuff, like mm. how they're feeling and who they like and their, their problems at school. And I said, one of my favorite things that my a teacher of mine said in high school was, it doesn't matter how big a child is, they're a little person. And you talk to them like they're a person. They're just little. And so for me, I've always tried to talk to my kids that way, that they that they're little people, but they're humans. They're just little humans, you know? So um, I think that that's really what I try to do to keep it in check is to keep communication open. And if there is something big and exciting that I need their, them to be on board, like I have a big project or something's coming up, yeah. I, I let them know. 
And I recently celebrated a birthday last week. And my daughter, who's 11, she said, mom, you're the hardest worker I've ever met. And mm-hmm. I said, that's so nice of you to say. She said, but you never make me feel bad. And I know that you put me first. Mm, that's the best bit. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, like, yeah. I hope you feel that way forever. But it's it's a balance and check mm-hmm. every day. It's every day. Yeah. You know, you really have to protect it and just be very mindful and open. Yeah. You know what? I think you're so right on it with the communication. And I think, you know, one of the things about the kids is, I am sure four million times over, there is many things that I don't know happened in my children's lives. Sure, yes. But what I love about it is this, that if they need me, they know I'm here. Mm. And if they want to talk, they know there's no judgment, we can just have a conversation. And if they want advice or some strategies to help them move forward, then I'm here for them and they'll come for those, literally. And I think that has been the most important thing because I, unlike you, I didn't have those role models. I didn't have a, a family that throughout my life was consistent and you know, showing and role modeling some of these things that I think are so important in a family, you know, and so I kind of, I feel sorry sometimes for my older boys and I've apologized to them and, and said to them, you know, I, I know I wasn't always the greatest mom, uh, you know, when you guys were smaller because there were things that I didn't always understand. You see, because from the outside, I thought being a good mom was being home full time. And I couldn't always do that full time. But I thought if I just most of the time be home and then I've got to go and go to the coffee groups and go to the, you know, be the soccer mom and turn up to every, you know, game and and be on board and go to every practice and do all those things. And, And if my children needed me, I better fly in and just do whatever they need, right? Like I literally felt that was what I was needed to do and be. What I realized in that was this, that I was taking on what I thought were expectations. Well, I do feel our expectations, the world often society has put on us, that it's been the traditional, if we go back to that conversation, the traditional way of being a mom. And it never really sat with me. I didn't love it. I didn't enjoy the journey. And I, because of that, I actually wasn't the best mom either because I wasn't feeling happy. I wasn't feeling like I was doing my purpose. I was doing part of my purpose because that is definitely being a mama bear. But it wasn't something that I was necessarily, you know, in my genius zone. Because actually, and, and, and in some ways, I'm just thinking because in some ways, not only was I not necessarily in 100% my genius zone all the time, I actually was creating like I would just fix everything for my children. I would just be there, do everything for them. And it actually didn't create independence. So I look at my girls now and I go, I love the fact that my daughter said to me last night, I'm making a salad. Can I make you one, mom? Right? Like she was, I was doing some work upstairs and she just shouted out up, up to me, I'm making a salad. Would you like one, mom? And I'm like, I love the fact that she just feels so confidently to walk in that kitchen, go get herself something. So that was that was one of the things. And then the other side of it was, you know, there's there's things like they go, my both the girls know how to make decisions. They walk into shops. They go, I need to go and do this, mum. Is it okay if I go over there and talk to that person? Or I, I want puppies. And for the last year and a half, my, one of my daughters has been researching that nonstop and then bringing them to me and going, hey, these, these would be great puppies. So I love the fact, right, uh, that my, my younger ones have a voice, they're able to navigate quite tricky conversations at times, and they're very confident and independent. And here's the thing, it's because I parent very differently with the younger generation than I do with the older. Have you got some thoughts? What are you seeing? 
You know, it's interesting because I talk to women every week on my podcast about building businesses and raising children on Call Me mm. CEO. That's my podcast. And something that was really interesting that I heard someone say recently was they said, my mother told me that her business was her priority hmm. and it was no, there was no question about it. I appreciated that because I knew that that was her priority. I didn't have to guess. And yeah. I thought I have never heard someone say that before. Like, mm -hmm. and she's, and she said, but I appreciated that. I knew that like, she loved me, but she also was very invested in this business and not more so than any other man would be, but just the way that she said it, this is a priority for me right now. Mm -hmm. And I love you, but we have to make adjustments for it to work or whatever the circumstance was. And so for her becoming a mother, she talked a lot about how she, as long as you have open communication about where you stand with it, you can be more fulfilled as a person. And if you're feeling shame or guilt, or like you're not doing the, the traditional what's right for you, it's because you've put a line in a sand yeah. of not doing something that feels in alignment with your priorities or your goals or your value system. And so I think that what's really neat about that is that everyone, it can look so different. And at the time, I think for you to say, I probably wasn't as good of a mom as I could have been, you know, maybe that's true because you weren't feeling as fulfilled because you would put a standard on yourself. That I didn't just think, so here's the thing. I think that I was on their backs way too much. Yeah. Pick up those things. Do that. Yeah. Because I was trying to keep up and I was like thinking that was such priorities to have it all mm. right, have everything in order that I actually yeah. think I missed some of those opportunities that I could have just be hanging with them. Yeah. Just be going for a walk with them because it didn't matter whether the house was looking perfect, but it did matter that I had a relationship with my children and I could go out and we could get some physical exercise and we could have a conversation and you never know what might come out of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like I just feel like I miss some of those moments that are so important right now yeah. to put into my schedule, yet I'm way busier in a lot of ways than I ever was. Not even a lot of ways. I am a lot busier <laughs> than I was those days. I'm wondering what the heck I did with my time sometimes. You know, but I think that that's what you gain through life, life's perspective. Because I too nice. had a mother who, I'm the youngest of five. And mm -hmm. I know that she parented me different than she parented my sister, who's the oldest. And they have, they're not nearly as close as she and I are, me and my mom. And some of that's personality. And some of that I think is that I was given a lot more independence because my mom went back and worked full time when I was eight years old. So I think that what you're saying about seeing that with personalities and how it affects your children and even the placement of when you yes. come into siblings and where you are and the lineup and everything where they say, like, if you have two or three of the same gender and then a different gender, they take on characteristics of a firstborn. And there's so much that goes into that. And I think hearing you say that, that perspective of, you know, pick up your room and do this and that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm right in the middle of that because they are a mess. <laughs> so it's really good for me to hear that your perspective of just, you know, maybe go for a walk more or do this or that, because it's so easy to get wrapped up in. It's so the mess. easy. The yes. mess. And yeah. here's the thing. And I, and I, and one thing that I was, I, I don't even know where it came from or whatever, but I remember being or hearing it somewhere. And that was, would you rather a messy home now and time with and keeping, you know, working with your kids now, or would you rather that, you know, clean house and then messy kids later? And I, yeah. I just made such an impression on me as a parent. And any time, because maybe I have a few OCD tendencies at times where I wanted everything in order, Whenever I went to go back to that, default back to that pattern, I would keep saying to myself, would I rather a messy home now and work with my kids 
or a messy, a clean home and messy kids later. And I just kept saying that to me. And it really did change my priority of how I blocked out my times. So that's one thing. Now here, I before we, we're going to run out of time and there's so much to talk about, but I want to hear more about the podcast, what that has sort of opened up for you. Where did that come from for you? And why a podcast? Yeah. So it's mm. interesting because I actually launched it during the pandemic, but it's something I've been thinking oh, about wow. for a long time. Yeah. So I had been blogging and I still own a blog. It's mymommystyle.com. And I started it. It's been 10 years. I started it 10 years ago. I'm an OG blogger. Champion. Yeah. It's been around for a long time. And so a lot of my blog is about parenting, uh, lifestyle, travel, lots of recipes. If you're ever on Pinterest, I'm sure you've stumbled across something of mine there. Um, But what was happening as I was starting to work with a lot of sponsors, which I really enjoyed, Mm -hmm. um, I also got a bit burnt out of it. I kind of was getting over the hold up this thing and talk about it and what you love so much about it because it didn't, Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like the heart of who I was or what I wanted to do. But what was, was I had a lot of small businesses or women-owned businesses. And they said, hey, would you talk about my business or my product or do this or that? And I thought, you know, what I really want to do is share the story of why you started your business. And then let's share what you did and how you did it and why you did it. Because I think that will do so much for your business. And it's also way more fascinating to me because Mm -hmm. I love sharing what motivates people and their why. And so I thought, man, I need to share this on a podcast. And the reason why it's called call me CEO is because my blog is called my mommy style. And Mm -hmm. I always got called a mommy blogger. And there are all these cutesy Ah. nicknames for women who build business, mompreneur, mom boss, mommy Mm -hmm. blogger. And I was reading on a forum once where someone said, just call me CEO. That's what I am. And so that's where the name came from. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's all about telling the stories of women who are building businesses as well as balancing motherhood and life. And so each week I talk to women from around the world. Yeah. Sharing how Mm -hmm. they build businesses. I love that. And what's your most favorite story or something like that you go, wow, how the heck did they do that? Or Mm. was there something that you've heard that you go, oh, Gosh, there's been so many incredible ones. I think some of the most fascinating really relate to women tuning into that passion and that fire. One that was really surprising to me was when I spoke with a doctor who Mm -hmm. was from India and was here in America. And once she became a mother, found out more and more the dangers of plastic. And in India, people Uh serve all of their children with stainless steel. Everything's made out of stainless steel, the flatware, the cups, Mm -hmm. everything. And she thought, man, it was actually her mom that said, do not use plastic for my grandbaby. What are you thinking? You know? And because as a doctor, pediatrician, she knew there was so many harmful things in the plastics. She created her own line of stainless steel flatware and made it available in America. And so I feel like that was just, she's like, I never planned to be an entrepreneur. I'm a doctor you know, but it was something as a mother, as a parent that she saw was missing and decided to create her own stainless steel flatware line for kids. But don't you, I love that story. Don't you find though, that that's kind of the story. We don't always go, oh, this is what I should be doing and going out and doing it. It's kind of like, wow, I was just filling a need and now people see it as a real solution and then it goes into a business. Have mm-hmm. you seen that with a lots of the, the women? And here's the thing. Do you see women really struggling to, to keep going because of confidence or are you seeing a really confident generation of women who are just getting out there and doing it? I'd love to know what you're seeing. Mm. Mm. Some of my favorite interviews to do are talking to women that have been through many phases of womanhood and motherhood. So it's, we talk about the early beginnings. We talk about the child rearing. We talk about the re-evaluation of who it is and what you want. And then maybe another step beyond that of developing two or three more things. And so we kind of go through a life sketch of what does that look like? And my favorite 
theme to all of that is that what feels right to you right now can change and that you can develop and create sequential steps of failure and success to get you in the path where you go. And it's okay. Not- I love that. You got to repeat that. Say that again, because that is. <laughs> I don't that know that I'll awesome. say it again. Perfect. I know, so, but just it's so good. Yeah. So what I love the most is that where you are right now mm. might be the right decision for where you are right now. And it's okay for that to change. It's okay for it to adjust. Yeah. It's okay to fail because those failures redirect and create new success that then gets you ultimately where you go. And that's okay. It's just part of this winding path. And I love speaking to women who have been through that path. Yeah, because they they can see it and tell you about it in retrospect where they can say at the time, oh, I felt so lost, Mm. but it was because of X, Y, Z step that I made it over here. And that was what really felt amazing to me. Or it could be that they had three really successful businesses and they led from one to the other. But all the while, more than anything, you'll hear women say you can never replace who you are in the home. So really keep that in perspective because no one else can do that job, but you. And so no pressure, but that's just part of the game, you know, that we, we weave in and out and we find that, that fulfillment. And I think that for me as well, as you said, to be a a better mom, I do have to have something outside of the nucleus of my home to, to be a better mom. I feel like I have more to offer in way of my mental happiness really too. And that's okay too. I think finding out what that balance is for you is part of the journey. Yeah. Oh gosh. I love all of that. And I think, you know, all of us have a story and all of us have pathways on which we've got there and all of us, you know, that's part of, you know, what I teach in my world with leaders is that, you know, there is always an old story and we can disrupt those patterns and create new stories from today. We don't have to stay where we are. We can choose to if we want to, but we can also make shifts in our lives that can move us in the direction that we want to be heading. And part of that story is the evolving. And I think, you know, one of the things that I am, why I have these conversations is because I believe that we need to stop doing it the way that we've always done it and we need to do a new approach to things. And part of this new approach is the fact that we've got to have these conversations, that we start asking questions, we start going, if we were to evolve in this area, how could it look? What would it look like? What are, What is working? What's not working? What do we want to take forward? What do we want to leave behind? And I think, you know, one of the things that society has kind of done and created and, and put conditionings on us is that, you know, if you if we want to actually say it right now, things like cancel culture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If, you know, uh, which is quite, uh, quite a hot topic right at this moment. But, yes. You know, uh, this... There's so much, and and then there's fear that if we speak out for what we believe or what, you know, like if I show that I've failed, if I've shown that I've had challenges, maybe someone's not going to like me as much. Maybe someone's not going to trust me because they're going to think I'm going to fail again. So we don't share those moments. Yet I think that's part of the learning ground. I know I wouldn't be who I am today doing what I do, having the conversations that I do, if I hadn't have learned from all the challenges, and I mean challenges that I've had to face throughout my life. And, you know, I talk about them a lot throughout, you know, conversations because I think we set people up to fail if it's just all a bed of roses and looks perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we wake up and we look like an, you know, a million dollars. And our partner goes, this is just how I always dreamed it would be. And then we go out and we just sing merrily while we're cooking breakfast and, you know, sending off a few emails. And meanwhile, we, we jump on a treadmill and our hair stays in one place. It does not sweat. There is no, mo- you know, and I joke, but in a lot of ways that's how the world has has perceived and because of that we've got expectations so I love the fact that you are connecting the fact you know business 
and that journey, but also the priority of home and what we're bringing from that. And I think that's so important for all of us. So, by the way, if anyone wants to connect with you more and find out more about what you do, where do they go? Yeah, so all of my websites are connected at camillewalker.co. That's C-A-M-I-L-L-E Walker, W-A-L-K-E-R.co. And that's where you can find products I've built for parents and children journaling together. That's where you can find my podcast, Call Me CEO, as well as all of my socials at my mommy style and camillewalker.co. That's amazing. And I still can't believe that you only started your podcast, you know, through the pandemic. That's pretty amazing because you're just celebrating something right now, aren't you? You've hit how many downloads? Yeah. So we just got to 10,000 and we just hit our one year mark. All right. So So why do you think it's been such a popular podcast? What's made it, you know, I've got a lot of people in the business world, so give them something. Yeah. You know, I think what it is, is that I try to make each episode something that you can learn a how-to. So it's very applicable to many different business types and Mm. you can search for them by keyword in that way, but it's also very personal Mm. in storytelling. So each unique story and person has something from their heart that they're sharing. And I've always gone away from episodes every episode feeling like I have learned something new, not only for my business and the education of how to run things better, but also for my spirit and just connecting one-on-one because that's where the magic happens. It's amazing those moments, right? Like I've got two podcasts at the moment and like you, actually, they only just got up. I I mean, I've been doing the decision table for a while. I just always knew I was going to be putting it up in a podcast, but you know, you get to that. One day, one day. Yeah. Anyway, that one day happened last year. And so we started putting Yay. up as a podcast, right? Which is awesome. But I also, at the same time, uh, finally got up the Global Human Intelligence podcast too. And that has been such a joy for me. You talk about joy because, you know, I get to hear some pretty phenomenal speakers throughout my work, throughout the world. And I, then get to kind of pull deeper behind the curtains and a bit like what you say, like I do what I call a insight in like the insights that I got from it or think from it or can relate it into my work or some reflection from the podcast that you've just heard before it. And then I do some actions, you know, like some of the things that I would do with clients or do in my own life always all of them are, you know, and I really love doing those podcasts because it makes me have to listen carefully and go back to what was being said in the podcast earlier to then really think about what, how do I do that? And then how would that be beneficial for other people? So I've really enjoyed those things just as I enjoy having conversations on here that you never know where they're going to go. Like Mm -hmm. I've got no idea. And I have to say, you're the first one that is big time focusing in on, on, on being a parent as well as the business. And so I find that quite intriguing. And I just love the fact that we get to have these conversations, but then share it with the world. And I think that's what I've loved about podcasts. Okay, quickly, what about TikTok? What about it? What do you want to know? <laughs> I don't know. Do you just like come up with these things and then you're into it? Like have have you been building that out for a while? Do you see it as a necessary thing to be on? Because I have to say, I'm not a TikTok chick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you. So I contracted with TikTok last year where mm-hmm. I was creating five videos for them for a, every week um, for six months. And Mm. so that was a part of the creation where I was very heavily involved in it. I really love that the space is, it feels a lot less judgmental than Instagram. It kind of feels, it's more, I don't know. There's just more of like a welcoming buddy feel to me. However, I had to take a step back from it because I was launching my podcast and Mm. I found I really had to be careful about segmenting the content creation and allowing my children 
their own attention because too often I was getting into a space where say I was making a recipe at home, which I'm doing anyway, then it becomes this whole production where I'm saying quiet, I'm filming this, or, you know, I had to do the step-by-steps, which some of the time they like, and they can be involved in, and it can be fun. Mm -hmm. But if it becomes too much, then I have to be careful and take a step back and say, am I being present or am I in my creator mode where I'm just looking for content? And it Mm -hmm. was kind of shifting more to that creator content overwhelm where I was like, all right, I need to, I need to take a step back for a minute. But I do, I actually really, when I get into it, I really love it. But again, it's just another one of those engines that's pumping behind the scenes as a creator. So what's good is that if you're really good at it, Mm -hmm. this is what I would suggest is you record the audio into InShot. InShot is an app. It's spelled I-N-S-H-O-T. And you can edit the video to be the right dimension for the platform that you're putting it up onto. And you can record it once and then take it into each format instead of having to redo it each time that you say, do it on say YouTube shorts, Facebook reels, Mm -hmm. Instagram reels, and TikTok videos. That's if you get it down to a science, which I'm trying to get there because I know vertical video is just where it is right now. And as a creator for the past decade, I've had to learn how to pivot. And so that's part I of the that. game. That's yeah. awesome. I'm taking that from our conversation today. That's a good tip. Um, there you go. Yeah. And I think that makes it so much easier to repurpose it mm-hmm. uh, across a lot of, you know, different different places. It's funny because I have to say my TikTok or TikToks for me is so dominated by the fact that I've got two girls and they're on TikTok. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's hard for me to get out of that. That's what TikTok is to me rather than. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to. Uh, you know, from our conversation, I'm going to uh, make sure I check out yours on there because I'm going to see how you do it and um, I'm looking forward to being curious. I'm not going to commit to anything, but I'm being curious on it. Uh, And I'm looking forward to actually listening to your podcast too and checking that out because I think, you know, it's so important to have uh, like I love the story that you said from from it. What a great story! And those are fascinating to me. I love it. I love it from startup to to people that are just willing to play so big. So it's it excites me. Whatever part of the journey people are on, I think there's so much we can be reminded of. You know, because sometimes it's good to be reminded of some of the things that when people are at the beginning of a journey. And then I think sometimes when people are going through different transitions, it's interesting listening to where people are at on that. So I'm going to take, uh, you know, be interested in that. And then, of course, uh, for me, it's also in my arena, really exciting when people want to play full out and really go back to a lot of what you were saying, which is, you know, that whole thing around, you know, you've got a purpose, you know, that where you're heading, what you're about, and you're really targeted in what you do, how you do that. And I think that that's a great reminder of the importance of our our vision always and then what drives us to, to actually make sure that we're heading in the right direction, right? So my question to you, now that I've finished rambling for a second there, but <laughs> I, I obviously I got a lot out from our conversation. So thank you for that, firstly. And secondly is what are you taking from our conversation? I Well, I want to hear more about what you're doing because there's a book by Oprah called Purpose Driven Life. And mm. it's little clips of audio where she talks about people cluing into their dharma or their purpose or their divinity and Mm. each moment when they knew that they found that thing. And so I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that from you, because I feel like if you can discover that purpose and have a purpose-driven life, that's what it's all about. So I really look forward to hearing more about what you have to offer there, because that's important work. It just, it's very similar. We have very similar interests. And so I think yes. that I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Look, one of the things, you know, there's there's been so much work of mine that has evolved over the years. And I I kind of get really excited because, you know, for a long time I was kind of that person that 
stood out as being very different. And that being different wasn't a positive thing. It was kind of a negative thing because everyone looked the same, sounded the same and did things the same Mm. way. And so it was kind of frowned upon if you thought differently, if you did things differently. And so in my case, and it's interesting because you love the creative, but you're also quite strategic in the way that you do things. I get to play on both sides of my brain. I'm very logical. I'm very strategic. I love data because it helps me to know where, what, how. But I love the creative. I love the big thinking. I love going, how can we innovate a new solution here? right? And so there are two very big extremes. And what I've had to learn is go, how do I combine those worlds and then do what I do? And that has been so much fun, but it's also been very challenging because I've had to go really geeky (laughs) and finding out what it is that I teach and then going, how do I bring that back to the everyday person? So an example Mm. there, the three things that if you are just so important to me is if people make decisions that they're doing it through the lens of humanity as stakeholders, that's one. That's a pretty big topic, right? And then number two is exercising. I know the secret advantage that every one of us as a human can have is being able to exercise the muscle of human intelligence. That's number two. And then the number three is the old is not going to serve us. We need the new approach. And for me at this moment in life, the new approach I talk about a lot in leadership, but really as a human a human race, I think there's a lot of need for a new approach. So some of the things we've talked about, communication. I think that we as a human race are not necessarily communicating in ways that are serving us as a human race, that there are words that we have used in the past that maybe are meanings that we don't want to take in the future when we use those words and we might need a new thinking around that. I think there's a lot of, you talked about mental health a lot today. I think there's a lot around mental health, the way we turn up, what we're doing, our vision, our purpose, things that we are getting up for each day. I think there's a lot of the old society, the way the society has sort of, you know, put expectations or we've taken expectations or given us conditionings to it or we've taken biases on board with it. And I think that it's time, that it's time for us to uh, have a new approach. And I think to sort of another piece of this is that, and I talk a lot about this because I talk about, people working on their legacy. And for me, this is footprints for the next generation and the generation and the generations to come. So for me, us as a parent is so important because we get to role model and leave behind some footprints and some thinkings for our children and then for whatever that means for them. And so all of these things are just a combination of all that. Hmm. That's a lot to think about. I'm I'm like, I want to hear more about these pillars. That's amazing. <laughs> I know, but I just thought I'd fill that in for you there and just set it off. So, yeah. all right. And honestly, if you just listen and any listener that's listening right now or going to listen to this, you know, listen to the podcast, listen to past decision tables, you'll hear different things, connect with me, whatever it takes, we can go on this journey, you know, I'm just putting some things out that are important to me. And, you know, you can dive into that anywhere and everywhere. All right. So here's the thing. I've done lots of talking, you've done lots of talking, this has been an amazing conversation. Is there anything that we missed out? Did we did you want to say something that you haven't been able to say? I just want to make sure we've done that. You know, I'm glad you asked that because there's one thing that before I even got on this call, I thought I need to say this and I don't know why, but I think we need to remember the power of and that you can be so many things and not a singular thing where you can be a mother and a business owner. 
You can be exhausted and motivated. You can be excited Mm -hmm. and sad. Mm -hmm. And there are so many things that I think we put expectations on ourselves where we expect to feel a certain way all of the time, or if there needs to be a season of rest, that that means that you're lazy or unmotivated. That's not true. You can Mm -hmm. be someone who needs rest and someone who has lots of energy to give. And so I think that there's so much power in the word and, and to keep that in mind as you're parenting and as you're discovering your purpose, there's so much power to that. Yeah. Oh, so powerful. And on that, I'm going to end this broadcast. Thank you so much for being here and being a part of this. You're welcome. Thank you much for having me. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.